Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to stories of discipleship and putting Scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the Communications Director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of just fewer than 1,000 churches throughout Kansas and Nebraska. I'm also a certified lay minister in the United Methodist Church, so what you hear on this show truly comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 25 years' experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teenagers to 90-somethings, and I served as a journalist for 20 years prior to entering ministry. So I'm excited to share with you stories of disciples in action and to explore with you what the Bible has to teach us in the 21st century. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes feature interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. Still others include short reflections on Scripture. Thank you for joining me. What you just heard is the singing of a group of people from the Great Plains and the Louisiana Conferences of the United Methodist Church as they crossed the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama in July of 2023. The mixture of people, clergy and laypersons, older and adults just out of high school, men and women, black, white, Native American and Hispanic, and more, walked the same steps as Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., John Lewis, and so many other tremendous icons and leaders of the civil rights movement. And it was just one stop during a four-day civil rights immersion trip to the areas around Montgomery and Birmingham, Alabama. It was the idea of former Great Plains Clergy Excellence Director Reverend Dr. D. Williamston, but by the time we crossed that bridge, she was Bishop of the Louisiana Conference. She and Bishop David Wilson of the Great Plains, the first Native American bishop in the denomination, teamed up to lead the group on an educational experience that expanded minds, filled hearts with love, and most importantly, challenged the emotions of all who took part. And that's true even for people who lived through some of the toughest of those times. Jerry Williams, a United Methodist who lives in Fairway, Kansas, was very young during the Civil Rights Movement. He mostly remembers the reactions of adults to the news of the time. I was in San Francisco at the time. I was born there and was there until 1966. So like the first five or so years were, were there. So we were kind of uh, away from it, but my, my dad was from Louisiana and my mom was from uh, Texas, Houston. So we still had family back there. The stuff that was happening, even though it wasn't happening right around San Francisco, but we were aware and there was a heaviness I remember on our house when uh, my mom and dad would kind of hear from family and even see things on, on TV. There was There was a noticeable heaviness in the house that as a kid you could feel. Um, and when Martin Luther King was assassinated, I was in Houston at, at that point, and we were, I, I can still remember that happening, because I didn't know Martin Luther King, I was too young to kind of really know what he was um, doing, but I know when he was assassinated, my aunt, uncle, and my mom and dad were 
I could see them now. They stood in silence around the TV and were they were in shock. And it ha it seemed like it went on forever. And the us kids, we were running around playing, and we stopped and like, what just happened? And my aunt finally, it's it felt like about ten minutes said, I knew they were going to kill that man. And I was like, I knew it was big. I didn't know how big it was, but I'll always remember that that moment. Memories. The same events can be recalled so many different ways because of a person's perspective, and that's particularly true surrounding race. I grew up in a white, lower-middle-class family in Leavenworth, Kansas. Our family struggled at times. I wore patches on the knees of my jeans. I never had the in-style clothes that the other kids wore. There was no such thing as extra money but we were white. And that means my perspective is different than those of my black brothers and sisters in Christ. Here's Pastor Rhonda Kingwood from Heart of Christ United Methodist Church in Wichita. She and her soulful, angelic voice led the scene on the Pettus Bridge. If you trace your ancestry back, you probably had slave owners. If I trace my ancestry back, we were enslaved. So it's it's a whole, yeah, and then it's 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 what is passed down. Um, I think that's when you think about coming from different vantage points and coming from um, different places in life and coming from different cultures, um, it's gonna be different. Our, your anger and my anger is gonna be different. She said anger because you can't take a trip to Montgomery and pay attention to all that you see and hear there and not come away angry. Angry at the concept of enslaving human beings, mad at the way people were treated as less than human and still are by far too many people who see themselves as superior. And just flat out frustrated that we haven't made more progress toward equity for people, regardless of the color of his or her skin. Well, it's Black History Month February, and so it's an appropriate time to recall this amazing experience through the words not just from myself, but from eight other people who took the trip with us. Over these next several episodes, we're going to share what we saw on the trip, both to provide you with an insight into what we saw and to hopefully entice you to take part in another trip to Alabama in months ahead, sponsored by the Great Plains Conference. In this episode, you're going to hear about why some folks chose to go on the trip. You'll hear about frustrations from some of my fellow travelers. You'll hear some perspectives on our country's past from immigrants who go to college here. And I hope you'll gain some insight from the emotions shared as people reflected on the journey. Some interviews were conducted in August of 2023 and others were completed in January and February of this year. There's a lot for people to sort through. So some of the responses to my questions were a little lengthy. And in some cases, I chose to include the full response because the messages conveyed are just that powerful. The youngest person in our group was Malika Katharima, a student at the University of Nebraska, Omaha. We'll pick up where she explains how she felt upon arriving in Montgomery. The best way I can describe it is like, even as soon as I got off the plane in Montgomery, the air was different um, and like, but that's just because when you are Black in America or Black really anywhere, you're very aware of your surroundings anytime you go anywhere. And so I'm very used to 
not even used to, but I can expect like undercover racism or like people who are like, we're not racist. But like when I got off the plane, it's like the air and the energy around me was that something happened here. And that was just off the plane. And when we were driving, it's like, like hauntingly beautiful is the way I can describe a lot of the sites. Cause like greenery wise, like they had beautiful like greenery, like trees, forests, and then like a beautiful river, like when we went to Selma. But then I was like, slave trades happened on that river. And when we went to the the roundabout in the center of Montgomery, there was a slave auction, like a slave auction box there. And so it's like, it's also, there's something, I guess, that throws like white people off when I'm talking about it. It's like, from a young age, you understand that there are people who will, who do and will hate me because of how I look um, and would rather see me dead. And I will say, after having gone to Montgomery, I will never go to Alabama again. I will just say that. I mean that in the nicest way. Like the trip was truly insightful, truly beautiful, but it felt like everything was stuck in time. Like it felt like a time capsule because you could see the generational effects of what happened there. Like not like just the housing, like how built, like every, it looked like I was in the photos. Like, it wasn't like I was just where something happened. Like, it seemed like the buildings didn't change. Like, nothing changed. And I know that's like a Southern thing. Like, they're like traditional or whatever. But it felt like a time capsule. And that time, it felt heavy. The air was heavy. It was thick. She felt like she was in the photos. One reason why was we traveled as a group to some locations where everyday folks did amazing things in an effort to promote equity and to ensure the rights noted in the Declaration of Independence and then supposedly promised in the U.S. Constitution. Our stops included the Dexter Avenue Baptist Church, where Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. served as pastor. In Montgomery, we spent the better part of a day at the Legacy Museum, which might be the most impressive museum I have ever seen. And because I love museums, trust me, I've seen more than my fair share. A product of the Equal Justice Initiative, the museum walks you through the slave trade to the era of Jim Crow to the current era of mass incarceration. We saw the National Museum for Peace and Justice, which shares the shocking story of lynching in America. The names of the victims, county by county. Large rectangular columns hang there in memory of the people who lost their lives. We walked in the middle of downtown Montgomery where people were bought and sold. We saw the bus station where Freedom Riders were injured. We traveled to Selma and walked that famous bridge where people seeking voting rights were beaten mercilessly in 1965. In Birmingham, we saw the 16th Street Baptist Church where four girls were killed in a Sunday morning bombing in 1963. We then walked across the street to the Civil Rights Institute where exhibit after exhibit told the story of iniquity of pain, of suffering, of injustice. You'll be hearing about many of these sites as people share their stories. So why take a trip if you know that it's going to be filled with such, shall we say, heavy material? Again, here's Jerry Williams. 
I went in uh, to the trip thinking that I could be a great resource to young people uh, on the trip. In fact, I was excited to have the opportunity to discuss my experiences uh, with the group uh, and hoping that they would be somewhat interested in hearing about my experiences. Cause I don't, I don't find that young people in general, I shouldn't say in general, just going by my own two kids, um, are that interested in kind of looking back uh, for, I mean, for obvious reasons, but it's just, they're not that interested in kind of looking back to see what happened and how we all got here. So uh, I didn't know what to expect. I knew there were gonna be generations of people uh, there, which again was the exciting part for me, but being able to talk freely and openly with the people there about why they were there and kind of what they, what kind of work they were doing. Um, and uh, just kind of hearing perspectives from so many people from different backgrounds was enriching. It was, it was eye-opening. And to be completely honest, I had just never been around that many white people that were just so like uh, engaged. Um, and so passionate about what happened in the past and what's going on in the present and kind of work that we all had to do together for the future. And that was, that brought a lot of hope back for me just to hear that because you don't see those people on social media, you don't see them on the news, you don't see them anywhere. And just to have so many like that in that room was, um, that was good for me to see. It's, it, it brought a lot of hope back. This is Xander Seth. You may know that name because of his participation during our Great Plains Annual Conference sessions, first as a youth and then as a young adult. He's from Linden, Kansas, and he's a freshman now at Kansas State University. There were a lot of things that really surprised me on this trip. I would say that like in school, I didn't really get taught much about like a lot of the stuff that pertained to the civil rights movement. Um, I'd really never heard about the Riverwalk and how like white hate groups um, would capture the slaves and then board them onto the ship, walk them down to the slave trade spots and then just sell them within minutes like that. And so um, it resonates with me just because it's completely cruel um, to be able to do that to a human being. And Another thing that surprised me was like the Legacy Museum. And I would say that it surprised me just because it displayed the events in like a very timely manner, but it was also like artistic and like there's so much stuff in the way that like it's a bad thing that there is that much stuff, but also like in the way that like the impact it makes on people after they come out of that museum. That was a common theme for our group. We gathered each night after our day trips and processed what we had seen. So many of us, especially white people like myself, had to admit that we had never been taught these things in school. Speaking for myself, it was only because of one high school teacher, and I was just a teaching assistant in his class, I didn't even get to take his class, and then two college professors at the University of Kansas, that I had learned much of anything related to the places that we visited. Again, here's Xander. I would say the most interesting or impactful moment of this trip was standing in the exact same spot where a slave trade used to take place, 
Um, before before attending this trip, I had actually been to Montgomery on a vacation trip with my family. And we actually had eaten at a restaurant less than like 200 feet away. And we had no idea, but it was definitely a very real and impactful moment for me. So what were some of the emotions that you remember feeling? Anger, obviously, um, sadness, and a, a lot of shame. Um, and I would say hearing like the stories from those who have been affected by this terrible time, obviously in history, um, really put it into perspective for me. And I would say that like, I'm only 18 years old right now, but like part of me feels like I was failed to be taught this information. And um, that's where my shame comes from. I feel like this is like stuff I should have known before I showed up, but it was actually the complete opposite. Reverend Laura Andrews is Xander's campus minister at K-State. Like Xander and me, she was one of the white participants in the civil rights immersion trip. The journey in July was also not her first trip to Montgomery. In fact, even now, she has since led a group of college students to Montgomery, and she used to lead a group of Great Plains folks to the Native American cultural immersion trip in March 2024. I had been with Christian Churches Together, an ecumenical um, leadership group with representatives across um, the Christian spectrum, bishops uh, and leaders from the Evangelical Church to the Greek Orthodox Church, Catholic Church, um, Protestant historic Black churches. And I was a young adult representative for the United Methodist Church there. The first time I ever went to Montgomery, I was the youngest in the group. And this time I was probably right in the middle of our group that went together this summer. And it was such a gift to have an intergenerational experience and to to experience the grace I received in my first time going to Montgomery and watching that unfold with everyone who was there and going their first time to Montgomery to see things that maybe you'd heard about before, but, but to learn fresh. And so doing that for myself, I realized the second time, oh my gosh, I didn't even know who they were talking about the first time I came to Montgomery. Now I've read a book on, you know, that person. And I know, I know more of the story and realized how much people held me in kind of a nurturing space to experience, um, the pilgrimage, the journey of being there, but then to be able to offer that um, to a larger group was was really beautiful. I think that we are never done learning. And, um, you know, there's the passage, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And um, for the justice encounter in Oklahoma, we're, we're meditating on this, but uh, the that translation talks about Jesus invites them to walk the, the good road with him, walk the good road with me. And they, you know, set toward Jerusalem. And I think that when we walk with Jesus, um, even if it's toward something that is tragic and terrible, um, something happens. It's a means of grace. You know, our Wesleyan, it's a means of grace that, that we, um, we have a chance to confess in a new way because we see injustice in a new way. We have a chance to respond to grace in a new way because we see God's grace in a new way and not just in ourselves, but in our, um, in, in the, the friends, the colleagues, the parishioners, the pastors who we journey with, we see God's grace in them too and what it's doing. And so, um, I think when we go on these justice encounters, it's a it's a chance for trans transformative justice in in our own hearts, but also 
it's a chance to receive God's grace and to be able to share it with others when we come back again. That idea of transformative justice is one of the things that enticed Odyssey Mann to take part in the trip to Alabama. She's now a first-year Master's of Divinity student at Yale Divinity School. She earned her undergraduate degree from Southwestern College in Winfield, Kansas. I've always known that I've had a huge calling for justice in my life. Um, and I mean, the title in itself, Justice Immersion Trip, uh, I would love to be immersed in the justice. <laughs> so um, I, oh, the trip was, it, in theory, it sounded great, but I think actually experiencing it was another thing like that. It was, it was unbelievable. It was truly in a very formative experience for me. Um, but I, I never been to Alabama. Um, and I was very, I don't know what the right word is, but I, I really like history. Um, and I really like the church and I really like faith and I really like justice and all, the trip just checked a lot of boxes for me. Odyssey was by no means alone. The trip was formative for many, if not all, of the members of our group. I think it was because every site we visited and all the people who we had a chance, the privilege really, to speak with, stirred emotions and forced us to think about what had happened, not just back then, but what's happening right now. Again, here's Pastor Rhonda Kingwood. I mean, every piece that we went to struck something. You know what I mean? Uh, being in PJI um, uh, museum area, part of that was hard, very hard. Um, especially going through in the beginning when you go through and the heads are in the water. She's talking about a powerful image as you enter the museum. It's a floor to ceiling screen and it makes you feel like you're in the ocean, under the water. As you scan to the side, you see sculptures of heads of people of African descent. Some of them have collars of steel on them. They've been tossed overboard, dying en route to where they were being taken to be enslaved. Those sculptures represent the many who were tossed aside as though they were just garbage. And that is the first thing that you see in the museum. I have to say that was a moment of tears and a moment of, I got to move past this. <laughs> so that was hard. And so there was some, some really hard spots. Um, but still being in the places, being in the churches, being, uh, standing in the spots just does something for you. Um, when, especially when I think about my African-American history, um, when I think about my ancestors that, um, you know, were in this time um, and to be there knowing I, I'll never know what that was like, but to have some idea um, was, was amazing. We were blessed to have some participants from other countries join us. Abhiskar Sharma is from Nepal and Joseph Kasango is from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Both served in the MICA Corps, a social justice internship and training ground sponsored by the Great Plains Conference. They both spoke of what they learned on the trip and how it impacted their thoughts about the United States. We'll start with Abhiskar Sharma. United States is a place like where your dream can come true. Like no doubt about that. If you want to work towards your dream, 
yeah like there you go you can work so i'm here to get a good education that's my main um, purpose like why i came to the united states and yeah like my perspective towards united states had changed like it's like both i i can say like there are so many good things about the united states like um it's kind of like melting pot like no matter what your culture is uh, your beliefs and everything and you have that freedom that you can get anywhere in the uh, other world or like countries this united states is like freedom and it's totally i think like it's totally up to you like how you want to use your freedom the thing is with all this beauty um comes the bad side the dark side where racism and uh, problems with immigrants and so many things and how the, like it's like there are people who are like uh help not just helping but supporting these things and they are against racism but then there are so many people who are so against um colored people and immigrants if you take out all those things if you don't want different people different beliefs different religion different culture and colored people like you will take out the beauty of the united states joseph kasango is a sophomore at southwestern college i think it's definitely it changed my my thought of the about the United States. I mean, coming to the U.S., I thought it was the perfect country. You know, I mean, I I used to see on the news, you know, that people kill each other. You know, gun violence was a big thing for me. You know, I knew that you know I should be aware of gun violence and everything, but I really didn't didn't see you know racism being you know being a thing in this you know in this century. I thought maybe you know it's in, it's all in the past. You know, people treat each other like human being, and after that, I was like. Bro, <laughs> at some point I called my friend. I was like, "Bro, I'm scared. You know, <laughs> I'm scared of that. If I if I find myself, you know, surrounded by, you know, a bunch of white people, although I'll try to act tough as if you know I'm not bothered, but I'll still feel a little, just a little bit. You know, I'll be like, well, they did this in the past. <laughs> well, maybe they they want to do the same thing to me, but you know, I just had those those thoughts, and I felt like." I wasn't really secure, you know. I felt a little, just a little bit unsafe uh, in the U.S. and and it's, it's really changed my perception of the United States, and it really gave me an insight of what is going on and everything that's going on with political parties, which I don't really understand, but just give me, you know, some ideas of you know what's going on in the U.S., why some people are this way, and so why some other people choose to be this way, and just it really helped me understand things that are in the u.s i've been here for a year now and i'm kind of getting you know an idea of you know the u.s and whatever they're doing you know the way they see they see themselves as the best country in the world you know and and why so i'm just getting an idea of everything that's going on and the trip really really helped me it really helped me understand that as much as all the experiences on the civil rights immersion trip helped educate many of us for others, it simply validated the feelings of how others look at them as they simply try to live their lives. Here again is Malika Katharima. She lives in Nebraska and attends the University of Nebraska-Omaha. I don't want to be a pessimist. I don't want to be someone who, like, yucks your yum. But it, I sort of just felt like, well... 
let me go back to living the way I was before. And I did say that on the reflection night when it was like, white people in this room will get to continue because for you guys, it was just information that you learned. And for me, it was the life that I have lived and will continue to live. Um, because at the end of the day, um, even on that trip back, like I, I, oh, I have always and usually have every time I leave my house will face a form of racism, whether it be a microaggression or a macroaggression, whether it like it, it, that is just my life, unfortunately. And so I guess it, it just, I guess it, how I felt was that, well, it was, this is the life that my people have felt and lived for the last 400 years in this country. And I will just, I can hope and I can, I can appreciate that I am not an enslaved person because it's gotten better in that sense. However, it still sucks. And I'll be honest, it just sucks that I, that, that it is the life that I live. I'm going to let Malaika have the last words for this episode, and powerful words that they are. In the next episode of this series, we'll explore a little deeper some of the things that participants came away with from the civil rights immersion trip to Alabama. Some will share about hatred and how it's so hard to fathom why someone can feel that way about someone they don't even know, just because of the color of their skin. We'll hear some of the participants talk about the emotions that they felt as they visited some of these important historic places. We'll talk about the importance of names, identities, and how so many people were robbed of that very basic part of who each of us is. And we'll shine a mirror to our country and see how it resembles other societies that we might find peculiar until we realize that these United States act very much the same way. Thank you for joining me in this first episode of a three-part series on In Layman's Terms. In Layman's Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifert. If you like what you've heard in this episode, please go rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps others find us. And if you're so inclined, please share the link to this podcast on your social media channels. Our music and sound effects come via subscriptions to Universal Production Music and to Storyblocks. You can find archived episodes on the conference website at www.greatplainsumc.org podcasts or on my website, toddseifert.com. Please email me with any questions or comments to tseifert at greatplainsumc.org and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thank you for listening. And until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.